Amen, amen. Looking to conclude our journey in the book of Jonah, we've come now to the last chapter. We have dealt with a Jonah running away from the presence of God, that in running away from a God, he went right into a storm. And from running away to God, running into the storm, he fell into the water, being swallowed by a fish. To being a fish for three days and three nights, coming to his senses, decided to worship God and say, forever I will worship you. And God felt fit that his heart was right. He commanded the fish to spit him on dry ground. Jonah now hears again the word from the Lord. The Lord tells him, go to Nineveh. This time he obeys and preaches a message of repentance or they will suffer the wrath of God, a calamity in 40 days. The people receive the word and they repent. Even the king commands a decree, proclaims that not only should they wear sackcloth and put it on the animals, let us all repent and fast and pray, hoping that God might relent his anger towards us. Jonah has completed his preaching ministry, a task assignment at Nineveh, and now we find him in the fourth chapter with an attitude problem. With an attitude problem. Can you think about what you're passionate about? And think about if somebody messes with what you're passionate about, how you might have an attitude problem. Uh, They mess with your favorite car. You parked it into a nice spot and you went into the store, you come out, find out there's cars around and there's scratches on your door. Uh, You're going to have an attitude problem. Uh, You have things that you are passionate about that you might fight somebody over. Let you hear a bad report about your child. Something happened to your child while you're away. You will run to go see who I got to mess with, who's messing with my child. There's issues in our lives, certain situations that we are passionate about. But I want to also not just talk about our passions, but let's talk about compassion. Passion can be something that's not properly controlled And may lead us to do some things we might later regret because we were passionate for it. Anybody been there before because you were passionate about something, you did something that you know, like maybe (laughs) looking back with a sober mind, I should not have done that. But compassion will lead you to look after somebody with sympathy, with empathy, and look to be a blessing and build them up. Compassion is more outwardly focused while passion is inwardly focused. So here we are in our text, Jonah, fourth chapter. Those who have the Bible app, you can open it up right there in your text. You can follow along with the sermon notes. Uh, those you have your, or your Bible, then you can please just open right back where we had our morning scripture being read to us. I just want to highlight the latter part of these verses to look at the lesson that God has given to Jonah, dealing with Jonah's anger, having to have an attitude adjustment. Chapter 4, uh, verses 9 to 11, reading from the New Living Translation. The Word of God reads again this way. Then God said to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? Yes, Jonah retorted. 
even angry enough to die. Then the Lord said, you feel sorry about the plant, though you did nothing to put it there. It came quickly and died quickly. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness. Sometimes they don't know their right from their left. Not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? Praise God for his word. You may be seated as you take your seat. He'll announce the subject matter to your neighbor. Tell him how he loves you. Amen. Amen. Look to your other neighbor. Wake them up. They fell asleep. Tell them this. How he loves you. God is showing his compassion to a person that is not being compassionate. God is loving a person who is not being loving. God is showing patience with a person that has no patience. Have you been there that you felt like you could get a little bit more patient, but someone wasn't being patient with you? Have you been there that you thought that they could be a little bit more loving, a little, little bit kinder, gentler, nicer towards you, but all of a sudden you're just getting a lot of venom, a lot of wrath, a lot of hatred, trying to figure out what did I do, what is going on, or why did you wake up on the wrong side of the bed this morning, you know, who took your last cookie, you know, what is the problem that makes you want to treat me like this, what have I done to you? Here we've seen the text, Jonah is mad at who? God. Question is, Jonah, why are you angry? Look how God phrased it. It says, do you have a good reason to be angry? Oh, I, I, I wish someone would ask me that when I'm angry. Do you have a good reason to angry? Oh, that, I'll let them know, right? I will let her know. I'm just the only one. All y'all been saved all y'all lives. Praise God for that. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Y'all should come up and preach this message. But I have not been saved all my life. And so if somebody came up to me when I was angry or asked me, do I have a good reason to be angry? The question is, will you be an escort or an ambulance to get to the hospital? Because after I answer, there's going to be some problems. Uh, we, we understand that when we are angry, we're full of fuel, we're full of fire, that we might do some things that we might regret. Here it is. Jonah is angry at God. Watch out, somebody. God loves us even when our passion misguides us by our pride and our envy. Look how God loves Jonah even in Jonah's mess and ignorance. Jonah tells God, look, look what Jonah tells God. He says, didn't I tell you? He's getting smart with God. Didn't I tell you way back before I left that you were compassionate and full of mercy? And, and that's why I try to go because I didn't want them to be saved. But look at you now. Going to mess up my plan. Ain't that something? How we get angry at God messing up our plans like we got it in control. Tell you never God is in control. And Jonah is, is, is arguing with God because, look, Jonah preached a message that calls for repentance, but Jonah really didn't want to preach the message. How do we know? Look what he just said. I didn't want to go in the first place. Now that I did what you asked me to do, they got the result I didn't want to see happen. Now I'm mad. Now, when you look at here, 
it shows us again that Jonah knows something about God. What does he know about God? That God's love never fails. How do we know his love never fails? He says that you are compassionate, God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. You are eager to turn back from destroying people. Look what he knows about God. He's basically saying, God, I know you're full of mercy. You're full of grace. I experienced it when I was on the boat trying to go the wrong way. A storm came. I couldn't get out. They threw me into the water. I thought I was ready to die, but I figured out I'm not ready to die. So I called out to you and you showed me mercy and saved me by swallowing me with a fish. And then you put me back on dry ground. I understand, God, you are merciful, God, but don't be mercy towards them. Our pride, our envy makes us want God to look after us, but don't look after so-and-so. Be careful how you get jealous and envious because you see other people succeeding. You get mad because they got a new car, they got a new house, they got a raise, they got a job. Their children are getting an education. Their children are on the scholarships. Their children are on the honor. Their children are winning championships. And you get mad saying, why, why they got all that? Let me help you out. Don't worry about them. And what happens when you get so consumed with them, you allow your passion, your pride, your envy, worrying about them instead of, instead of understanding what God is doing for you. Jonah got, has so much pride and envy that he says, God, be good to us. Bless us. But forget about them. I want you to understand that God is not biased. God is not prejudiced. How the Bible says he has no respect for a, respect of man. God reigns on the just and the unjust alike. God will show compassion on whom he desires to show compassion to. I want you to understand, don't get caught up getting mad because other people are succeeding and it seems like God is not moving in your life. I want you to understand, just like Jonah didn't understand, God was still looking out for Jonah while he was being evil. And envious and contemptuous towards the other people. That's why God teaches about love, how we are to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. But he does not stop. He says, even love your enemies. Oh, oh, watch out somebody. Do you love your enemy? I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. So Jonah is a hateful, spiteful person. How do I know? He just says it right there. I didn't want them to succeed. Ain't that something? So the Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry about this? Now, you see how Jonah says nothing. Y'all see that there, right? But Jonah goes out hoping that these people are going to fall to destruction. Here, God is going to teach Jonah a lesson. So Jonah goes out, bakes him a shelter, possibly out of rocks that's out there in the desert and probably does not have a really good roof, so he probably has maybe his coat over his head or something trying to cover his head from the shade, and so he's out there waiting. And remember, it says 40 days, so it's possible he's out there some, some 38 days with not a good shelter like he wants, but one of those days, God makes a plant grow overnight that makes good shelter over his head. And he says, ah, look, look what it says, it says, I am extremely happy about this. Now, Throughout the text, if you read from Jonah, the first chapter, all the way here to the fourth chapter, nowhere else in the text you see Jonah extremely happy. He was not extremely happy when he got on dry land. 
He was extremely happy when God gave him the news to go preach the word. But when a plant came and gave him shelter from the hot sun burning down on his head, it said he was extremely happy about the plant. But look also closely within this text. Notice God provided a plant to grow. Throughout this text, in Jonah's disobedience, God has always been providing for him. Can you not see how it applies to us even in our times of disobedience? In times of us doing what we want and not what his will says, he still provides for us. And so how is it that he can provide for us when we wrong, but when other people do wrong, we don't want God to provide for them? That's selfishness in us. That's pride in us. That we need to understand, let God have your way. And so God makes this plant grow and Jonah's happy now. So yeah, I'm chilling now. We're going to see this place get destroyed. And then in the night, he makes a worm that eats the root, and it withers and dies. Now, catch out when it withers and dies. It does not wither and die until the sun is at its highest point. God worked it out that the, 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 the roof was good until the sun got its hottest. And then what happened to Jonah? So now what? I'm, I'm angry enough to die. He said, it's better to die than live. And that's all. His pride and envy got him so mad. Now he's mad about the plant and he's mad about he's waiting for destruction to come and nothing is happening. He says, I'm, I, I'd rather die than live. And so here it is. God swoops in to teach him a lesson. God asks Jonah. Second time he asked him, this time he's specific. Do you have a good reason to be angry about the plan? What does Jonah say? Good enough to die. Yeah, man. I would probably answer the same way. I'm told you, I haven't been saved in my life. I've been just, if I fool the past and I'm angry, I'm going to let you know, yeah, I got a right to be mad. God looks at him and says, well, uh, did you plant that plant? Huh, huh. And you have compassion for a plant that you did not provide or even work for. But you want a city, a great city. Some suggest that the number there, the New Living Translation uses to suggest that the population might have been 600,000 and therefore it might have been 120,000 children and these children did not know their right from their left. But, but whatever the number may be, God is pointing out to him, you are concerned over one plant that you have nothing to do with but took the benefits of But yet you are willing to watch a great city to be destroyed, even its animals. And God is pointing out to him that I have compassion towards them. Just as you have compassion toward this plant, I have compassion towards them. So what does this mean? This means to us that we need to look how he loves us. And how God loves us, this is what he teaches us. He teaches that he is patient with us. Anybody glad that God is patient? And his patience with us, another way Taylor says he has long suffering. (laughs) That he's able to endure with our hard-headedness, our stiff-neckedness, our rebellionness, anything that we do against him, he's willing to endure. And he is showing us that I love you this much, that I can put up with your mess. How he loves you. And think about how God loves you. He goes and tells you to love others the same way. So you need to be patient. 
You need to be patient no matter how many times you told somebody to, to, to do whatever it is you told them to what it was to close the door behind you. Pick up after yourself. Get your homework done. Close the garage door. No, shut the door. Don't let the bugs in or we're not air conditioned all outside. Whatever it is, you got to continue to tell somebody. Keep on telling, knowing that God has not given up talking to you. I lost somebody. Let me say, who who is perfect? Who gets it right the first time? Mm, All right, all right, all right. Everybody in the house. So we understand that God has consistently, repeatedly reminding us what we ought to do for him. Jonah had patience shown to him by God. Look here. He told him in chapter 1 to go. Jonah didn't listen. God did not give up on him. Jonah tried to, cook, cook, to try to die and just be thrown off the boat. God did not give up on provided a fish to swallow him. Jonah now angry with God and out in the hot sun, God helped him out by providing shelter so he wouldn't perish and die from the hot sun. But God also had to, had to judge him and, and chastise him that he sent a scorching heat upon him when the plant died to get his attention. So let me teach you this lesson. Do you understand that God loves you enough that he teaches us a lesson, hopefully, that we come to a response to him? But here in this text, we don't have Jonah's response. We don't know how Jonah responds to this text. But yet, the problem that we have is here is that we don't have to wait what Jonah says. The problem is that you have to decide for yourself, how will you respond? Then the Lord said to him, you feel sorry about the plan, though you did nothing to put it there. It came quickly and died quickly, but Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness. Not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? Look how God shows his love for a city that is far from Jerusalem, distance-wise, and also spiritually. They don't know God as Jonah knows God. They don't go to the temple and worship him and hear of his word day after day. But yet God felt fit to send a prophet to go tell them the error of the way so that they would repent and not perish. Oh, how he loves us. He loves us enough that he sends warnings and signs to us so that we won't fall to the trouble that's before us. Because that's what salvation is. At the right time, he saved us. Look how he loves us. Exodus 33 and 19 says, I will, oh my, he, tell, he tells this to Moses. When he, Moses messed up, the children of Israel messed up. I'll give you a background. And Moses says, God, don't, don't destroy them. Don't destroy them. But have mercy on them. So, so God's all right, Moses. Here we go. Here we go. I'm going to meet you back up there at the mountain. And I'm going to give you the Ten Commandments again. But I want you to understand, though, Moses, I show compassion on whom I choose to show compassion to. The Lord says this to him, says, the Lord before you and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. I will show compassion on whom I will show compassion. He's letting Moses understand as Jonah's finding out that God will choose on who he will show compassion to, not you. It's not up to you to say, Lord, I, I want them destroyed for what they've done to me. It's not up to you. And, I, and I'm so glad that it's not up to us because I know that there's many people out there that would like me to be destroyed a long time ago. 
And you could probably think of some people on your list, too, that have been happy if you would have fallen flat on your face. You didn't make it to where you are right now, but you are so glad that they don't have the final say-so. Imagine that Jonah was in your life. He preached you a message of hoping that you weren't listening. Oh, watch out somebody. But I'm so glad that Jonah does not have the last say-so, but God is working things out even through people who don't want to help you. They, they, they are trying to dig a hole for you, find out that they dig the hole for themselves. They're trying to be the one to cause your destruction, not only that they're going to be your stepping stool. Do you understand how God protects and provides for his people even when they don't know what's going on? Jonah had no idea what God was doing. Jonah was, had his mind made up. Lord, let them die. They deserve to die. But God spared Jonah just as he spared the Ninevites. And I'm so glad he spared us. How he loves us. He loves us enough that he provides salvation for us. Even when we're not looking for it. When I think about salvation, I think about a situation such as when you go to a hotel... And when you go to a hotel, notice this, notice this, that they give you your key and they tell you where your room is. But they never tell you where their fire extinguishers are. They don't tell you where their staircases are. They let you know, here's the elevator and that's how you get up, right? That's good information, but yet if there wasn't a case of an emergency, wouldn't you want to know, how am I going to get out of here? How am I going to make it? And cast this, cast this. They don't tell you those things, but every hotel, every building has to have those things there. So they have a fire extinguisher somewhere, and there's a sign somewhere that you know it's right here. They have staircases somewhere, and that sign's right there by the elevators, which you do use to let you know that in case of a fire, use the stairs, arrow pointing that way. Every time it's letting you know when you're walking by your room, you see a big red sign and you see the spring letting you know, in case of fire, here's this. What is that saying? Saying that God has put signs in your lives the same way. God is letting you know that I know where you frequent, I know where you go, and I'm giving you signs to let you know in case of an emergency, here it is right here. I've been providing for you the whole time, even when you did not even know it. In times that when the sun was beating down on you, I provided a shelter for you. Anybody know Psalm 121? <laughs> All of my help comes from the Lord. It says the moon will not strike you by day, nor the, sun, nor the moon by night, nor the sun by day. You understand what happened to Jonah? The sun struck him by day, but God provided a shelter for him even when he did not deserve it. Is anybody understanding that I am not deserving of God's grace? And his mercy, but he's still providing for me. He's still looking after me because the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That's why we like to end that those twins are falling around us. Do you know those twins? Surely and mercy. Because surely and mercy of goodness are for me all the days of my life. I want you to understand that God wants you to know how much he loves you. That even when you can't love yourself. Even when you don't love others, he loves you. His love never changes. His love never fails. The same love that saved Jonah from the ocean and the belly of the fish is the same love that saved him from burning under the sun. Is the same love that saved people that did not worship God before they heard the message.
It's the same love for you. So I want to encourage you to think about how he loves you. And then I want to encourage you to go show somebody else that same love. I didn't, I didn't jump on it because I'm going to give you a sign. You need to go to one of your enemies and tell them you love them. Oh, y'all quiet on me. It's all right. I, I, I want you to personally go to the one that caused you trouble. The one that gets on your last nerve at work. The one everybody comes to you, talk to you about them. I want you to, to stop them from talking to you about them. Say, you know what? Let's go tell them and encourage them and love them. Oh, I lost somebody already. I, I encourage you to go to that neighbor that never waves at you. Every time you wave at them when you walk by, and just go on and tell them that, I love you. I, I want to encourage you to go to your brother and your sister, knowing that you love them, but you don't tell them every day. But make sure you make a point to tell them, I love you. I encourage you to go to whoever it is that's causing issues in your life and let them know, because God loves me, I love you. And when you start to talk about how he loves you, you will get excited and tell them about what he's done for you. And he can do the same for you, what he's done for me. Because you know what he's done for us. Aren't you glad that God, oh, glory be to God, that God died for us all. If he, if he just did it for how Jonah wanted who he wants, we all be lost. We, we, we all get selfish with God. Think about it, think about it, think about it. Every night I, I pray, and, and when I get selfish with my prayers at nighttime, at nighttime I don't pray for anybody else but my family. Because that's, that's my primary issue. That, you know, I, I just pray that my, my daughters make it home safe, that they're out, that they sleep well, we wake up and have a good day to bless the Lord. That's my prayer. During the day I pray for everybody, but at night I get selfish. Why is that? Because sometimes I forget how God's a God of the world. And so here it is. Think about it. Even our times like that, that we become selfish. God says, you know what? Even though you didn't pray for them, I still want to bless them too. <laughs> All I want to tell this to somebody else real quick. That when God is blessing somebody and you see the blessing is there. Don't get like Jonah and get upset that God is showing them mercy, showing them favor. You ought to get excited that so he's in the neighborhood. And if he's in the neighborhood, then just hold up. He's going to come down my way. Anybody been a child before? When the, remember the old when UPS used to come around Christmas time? That means your brother's about to send you some gifts. And you got excited when you saw the truck. You waited to see if the truck's going to come down your way. Or it was the mailman that was on your birthday. You saw the mailman truck. You waited till it was coming down your way, hoping that you're going to get something. I just want to let you know that God says, I will pull you out of blessing. You won't have room for I want you to understand that even when you don't know it's coming, God has one on the way. <laughs> Y'all see that in the text. Jonah did not know God was behind it. Even while he was angry, obstinate, rebelling against God, God was still provided for him. Why? Because he loves him. So how he loves you. How much does he love you? How much does he love you? He loves you so much. He sent his only begotten son to die on the cross for your sins. So that you, you might have life and have life what? More abundantly. That you will have everlasting life. 
He has gone to prepare a place for you so that when he comes back there, you will be with him. Awesome. How he loves you. Oh, how he loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Go and show someone else how much he loves you by how you love them. The song about the son says, he is jealous for me. Loves like a hurricane and I am a tree. Bending beneath the weight of his mercy. Oh, how he lo- his love is so deep. It's so overwhelming. I'm done with the message. I just want to encourage you right now how great his love is. That no matter what you're going through, you can just surrender to his love. His love never fails. It never quits. It never runs dry. His love is abundant. Father, we come. Let us pray. Father, we come.